If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some of the video from that explosion in Beirut. We talked about this on the podcast yesterday in the modern world. If everybody's got, you know, a cell phone out for everything all the time and video and security cameras everywhere, you get so many videos for anything that happens. And uh, it's, it's here's here's the takeaway. Don't get caught in a giant explosion. Hundreds killed, thousands injured. It's hard to say. Nobody's sure. Uh, the shockwave damaged buildings six miles away. Whoa. Six miles. Wow. Well, have you seen the dash cam one where the guy's driving down the road toward it? Because it was yeah. on fire and then yeah. it exploded. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I also enjoyed in kind of a dark way the unintentional hilarity of Twitter in which people made bold and 100% certain pronouncements about who had fired that missile and or the fact that it was clearly an atomic bomb. And the the... The internet needs to be unplugged because I should not be subjected to the pronouncements of morons. Don't, don't, seriously now, you, don't you craft your life so that you're not surrounded by obnoxious morons? Some and, on Twitter believe that that's what this show is, the pronouncements of morons. But, you know, you can listen well, to whoever you want. Well, they're entitled to their opinion. Just mm-hmm. keep it away from me. And if you have a job, where you are subject to the pronouncement of morons. Maybe you work in retail or what have you. You hate it, and you wish it weren't so, and yet the Internet has brought it to us. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it appears to be an industrial accident, but that's not exciting enough for, for people. And if it's something else, I'm sure that'll come out. Poor Lebanon. Oh, man, are they screwed up, but we're a little screwed up here. What was that stat from the Gallup poll? 13% of Americans think things are going well. Well, you got to admit, if you've got it, because you did the, it was funny, earlier in the in the show, just coincidentally, it turns out, it looks like, mm-hmm. you're doing a story about, you know, this is about to be a failed state, Lebanon. It's completely coming apart. And then yes. there's a giant explosion. You can't blame people for jumping to the conclusion that there was ill will 
attached somehow. Oh yeah, okay. I guess. Well, I can I can blame them from jump for jumping to conclusions. You jump to questions. That's the way the world used to work. You think, wow, something odd appears to be happening here. What is it? Not saying it was a nuclear blast. There's a hundred percent chance that it was, was atomic. It uh, was the, the Jews. It was the Jews because of the uh, yeah. <clears throat> the vid. How do I finish this sentence? Because of the vid, we did not have to deal with something that it didn't even occur to me we weren't dealing with. And that is the crazy, uber-woke, insane, Marxist Black Lives Matter organization having so much influence there for a a while and continues to among the half-bright white guilt crowd, but... We didn't have to deal with that in schools. I mean, the the curriculum is already way left and nutty, and they are absolutely indoctrinating your kids into awful uh, philosophies and and you know, well, philosophies uh, that was already happening. But it grew by fifty percent there for a while. I mean, everybody was just feverish to show how uh, woke they were, and we didn't have that in our schools because the schools were out because of vid. Well, we got this note from uh, a, a husband of a high school teacher. Um, had her first meeting with other teachers and administrators for the upcoming year and expected it all to be about COVID-related stuff and how they are going to deal with it and what the plan was. Oh, no, boy. But the majority of the meeting was about social justice issues. <clears throat> Listen to this, would you? The kids have been active online. Several students who have refused to participate in Black Lives Matter, protests are getting bullied. It's become so severe that parents have contacted the school because they're concerned about violence. They won't send their children to school. Some of the students have been going on social media demanding that the school fire any teachers that are conservative and or Republican. A group of black teenage girls have asked not to have any white teachers because they don't feel safe in class. In response to this, the school is going to conduct some town hall-type meetings with teachers and students. Listen to this. Oh, boy, that'll be productive. I don't know how the Onion and the Babylon Bee can continue to write parodies of this stuff because it's so self-parodying. But uh, So all the teachers have to sit in on a meeting with black students and parents to hear all their grievances. Then a separate meeting with all the brown students, and another separate meeting with the Asian students. The administration is still deciding on whether Indian and Pakistani students are Asian or brown or neither. There really aren't enough of them for their own separate meetings, so they'll probably get assigned to the other groups. I know a lot of students are depressed about having to miss another semester of school, but this is the priority for the administration. Tensions are too high. I believe there would be violence in high schools and middle schools. As inconvenient as it is, I think we need to let things cool off in order to prevent mass ugliness when schools resume. Wow, when you have the mass, the the indoctrinated students and the, you know, the super woke activist teachers whipping the kids up and, oh my gosh, and, and, you know, you got flags flying in a lot of classrooms, right? Somebody takes one down, stomps on it or something. Yikes. I did see a story over the weekend, the number of schools that are going to be teaching teaching that white fragility book. Oh, my God. Across the country. We're doomed as a society. Well, I don't know if we're doomed, but we're we're in for a hell of a chapter. 
That book, by the way, is a pile of horse ass. According to most of the great liberal thinkers of our time, it's garbage. It's factually incorrect. It's philosophically ridiculous. It's inconsistent. It's racist. It's demeaning to white people, black people, Asian people, and Indians and Pakistanis. It is perhaps one of the worst books ever published. <laughs> and they're going to be indoctrinating your children with it. One of the I, worst I'm sorry, books. I don't mean to freak people out or anything, but I can't believe what I'm seeing. Ay, ay, ay. All right, enough, enough, enough gloom, doom, etc. Even if it's kind of important to talk about. At some point this hour, we need to get back to the cancellation of kindergarten cop in Oregon. Okay. I say it. Oh, Arnold. He's, he's, hey, folks, he's angry. So, right? He's hurt by this move. I was hoping you could tell me what's going on here. My phone is, I really got to break down and get a new phone. I'm still rocking the iPhone 7. Is it the one with the broken screen still? I've I've replaced the screen like 10 times, but it it doesn't work properly in all kinds of different ways. Got got Um, Frankenscreen over there. Yeah, it's it's, it's rough. But anyway, um, a top Republican lawyer in Wisconsin filed papers to get Kanye West on the ballot yesterday. And uh, this person, Lane Ruland, who is working for the Trump campaign, didn't comment on local news cameras, captured her dropping off signatures required to qualify West yes. as a presidential candidate, according to Vice News. Yes, we, Kanye. So what's what's with the Trump campaign worker trying to get signatures for Kanye West to get on the ballot? Clearly trying to peel off some black votes uh, from uh, okay. Biden and or Dem... Well, yeah, Biden. Okay. Just trying to peel off some liberal votes in black folks. It's a clever maneuver. Plus, I believe Kanye is the leader we need during these troubled times. Because when he originally announced, there was some discussion whether or not that helps Trump or hurts Trump or hurt who it helps, Biden or Trump. Did With- somebody really discuss that seriously? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because you know, there's a lot of close states where a couple where a percent either way would made uh, would made the difference. Yeah. And is it is it and, and Kanye being a Trump supporter does that take some Trump supporters? He's a Trump supporting black Trump men, supporter, black isn't he? People. Although he's he's bipolar, he has a mental illness. What he has pronounced in the past, I think, has to be taken with a grain of salt. A grain of pink Himalayan salt? No, just the regular kind. Oh, no, you're not getting enough minerals. All right, I think I am. <laughs> So, yeah, okay, well, that's an interesting maneuver. I wish them well. And, uh, yeah, it appears to actually be happening. So they, Well, mm. they must think it matters. The Trump campaign, if they've got somebody trying to get him on the ballot in Wisconsin. Oh, speaking of the Trump campaign, play us clip number 12 there, Sean, would you? And uh, to... Oh, uh, what What are you doing? Have you, have you lost your mind over there? But why are they putting the first debate so late? The first debate should be before the first, at least before the first ballots go out, and they have it... A month later, almost a month later. It's ridiculous. Yes, yeah, September 29th but in Ohio. Regardless what it is, I'm ready to debate. I don't care. You- I hear he wants to get out, but, but he has, in all fairness to him, he has not said that. Hmm. That was an interesting it, thing to throw in at the end. Is this the first time ever in, in the modern era where the incumbent has really won the debate I've never and heard the of it. challenger does not? Never heard of it in my life. That It's almost impossible. Yeah. That's just, this is how weird these times are. Gavin Newsom tried to <clears throat> try to tell a political consultant in 1994 that, oh yeah, the the incumbent's going to be desperate to debate, and the challenger's just going to stay in his house. Gavin Newsom, no. who wasn't the incumbent, but in effect was was, and just you know, it's impossible for someone else to <laughs> to win. 
Um, he didn't debate anybody, and they didn't. You know, you're you're ahead. You're you you know you're you're the you're the one with all the power. You you don't want to debate, but in this right. case, it's the other way around. Yeah, interesting. Yep. Well, we've we've got two unique characters. Trump's his only unique thing, and then Biden is you know he's addled. Even even lefties have said that. Oh yeah, he's not as sharp as he once was, and and at his sharpest, he was a goofball. Nice fellow, they say, but a goofball. Um, we ought to just have a bet: Will Biden debate? Yes or no? I'll take either side. We flip a coin, and then you know, give to somebody's charity. If I had to like guess, that. there's going to be one <laughs> debate that won't look anything like any debate we've ever had before. I think very, that's a pretty reasonable prediction. Very carefully controlled. Uh, less likely for him to have to, you know, uh, deal with, you know, deal with his flaws. I think they'll have the old man really roped in. He will have a few talking points. He will uh, rehearse them carefully. He will memorize them if he has that capacity at his advanced age and just stick to those points. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. Probably one. But we're certainly not going to have an old-fashioned them walking around on the stage and looming over each other. A crowd cheering and booing. and Everybody that, that. hates the crowds anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, two of them on stage, they could do that, right? Separates, uh, you know, space them out a little bit. Yeah, but Trump... Maybe put one of those Trump, glass partitions. Trump used the looming over Hillary or walking behind her to his effect in the same way that uh, Al Gore tried to do that to George Bush and George Bush pantsed him. I mean, so those those physical things have had an effect in debates in my lifetime. Right. Right. And I think they'll probably try to eliminate that. Uh, or they'll yeah. have to for COVID. Got to take it out of your playbook. Yeah. Or you've you've long advocated the debate format should be, all right, go. They're just sitting in a room. Right. What do you want to talk about? I think we should. T- let's talk first about COVID. Uh, wait a second. I think we should talk about the economy first. Right. And then they argue about that for a while. Yeah, and I you get a sense of the guy. And then oh. finally they start to talk issues and argue and. And if, if one guy comes off as a bully and doesn't let the other guy talk, you might find him off-putting. And I, I love that idea. Oh, you want to talk about getting an idea of what somebody's like? Or here's That'd be an idea. Fantastic. Here's a better idea. Let's get a liberal journalist to ask a bunch of questions from the liberal point of view and fawn over the Democratic candidate, and then occasionally only fact-check the Republican. Yes. <laughs> now we have a plan. <laughs> Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. One of our favorite thinkers thinks Antifa is the greatest threat to free speech, among other things we're going to talk about. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Screening of Kindergarten Cop canceled in Oregon because it's not woke enough. Uh, one of my favorite lines is, there's nothing entertaining about the presence of police in schools, which feeds the school-to-prison pipeline in which African-American, Latinx, and other kids of color are criminalized rather than educated. Yeah, the problem is... It's a dumb Arnold movie. The problem is that when it comes to jokes, there isn't a joke that exists, anything humorous that you couldn't say. There's nothing funny about because jokes always have a, <laughs> you know, an angle that you could critique. Sure, always. of course. Yeah. Well, if you study extremist political movements throughout history, one thing they all lack is a sense of humor. <laughs> 
Uh, we like Jonathan Turley around here. I think he's a pretty fair broker. I haven't always agreed with him, but he is um, law professor at George Washington University. He testified during the impeachment trial. He ends up on the big networks a lot. He's got actually an interesting piece out today. I'm about to read from yesterday's, but yet today about uh, journalism and how it's destroying America. But He's a prolific writer. He is. Dude is driven. I but need his... just a bit of that. <laughs> Sprinkle. Yeah. Yesterday he wrote, Is Antifa the greatest movement against free speech in America? If you read the coverage online or watch the cable networks, the extremist movement known as Antifa is either the new Al-Qaeda or the new Bigfoot. President Trump wants to have Antifa classified as a terrorist organization, while various Democrats insist it's simply a conservative phantom. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler even insisted the violence by Antifa is a myth and called the accounts imaginary. (laughs) Wow. Its existence is certainly not a myth. Indeed, it may be the most successful movement against free speech in modern history. Its tactics and structure avoid easy detection, which is why so many people claim the group is an, uh, an apparition. It is true that whenever such spontaneous and concentrated violence erupts, many people tend to believe it is Antifa. Antifa is often the culprit on university campuses. And he goes through a bunch of examples of how. Um, I'll skip down to this. Um, Antifa was founded on a rejection of formal structures and leaders. Many associated groups are part of uh, anti-racist action in a loose coordinating organization known as the Torch Network, which I had not heard of. This lack of structure makes it very hard to figure out who's behind what at what times. We've talked about that a lot. It's really really clever. And yet they're very organized in terms of distributing resources, shields, bricks, bats, etc. So people can attack the police and or uh, anybody who disagrees with them. Uh, The fact is that Antifa works not to strike fear in the heart of Trump, but in the heart of anyone who will oppose the movement. The Antifa handbook states how the group has rejected the idea of free speech, rejects the idea of free speech. That's really all you need to know. And has spent years organizing protests to prevent opposing views from getting heard. That practice has been adopted by other groups as well. Antifa violence can give colleges or politicians cover for barring conservative speakers. Nancy Pelosi has called for the revocation of a permit for a conservative prayer group viewed as a, as a security matter in San Francisco. Wow. Wow. Uh, he goes through a bunch of other examples of that sort of thing, then says, Silence hurts free speech, and Antifa knows that. It is the silence of professors who watch as their colleagues are harassed, investigated, or threatened. It is the silence of students who watch as others are attacked for dissenting ideas. It is the silence of reporters who watch as other journalists are fired or forcibly retired for challenging orthodox views. And finally, it's the silence of those politicians who dismiss the destruction of property as a case, in the words of Pelosi, that people do what people want to do. We're calling it a myth, as Gerald Nadler did. Right, right. That's some good stuff. I wholeheartedly agree, as anybody who's listened to the show knows pretty well. You wouldn't have thought that an anti-free speech destructive group like this could have uh, run loose without people calling them out. They're getting a lot of help. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Please clarify, specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? <laughs> wow. Are you a junkie? Is is he? (laughs) Did he answer the question? I guarantee the phrase that sends sweat down Biden's staff more than anything else when they hear him say it on a live mic is, Come on, man. (laughs) Oh, he's off script. Uh So is there more more after that? Where does it go from there? Uh, I can can find a little bit more, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was kind of interesting, huh? Um, well, the next question was, well, what do you say to Trump who says, and those questions I have right. no interest in? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. I just wondered when he said, <laughs> when he says to the guy, what if they'd ask you when you applied for this job, yeah, take a cocaine test? Are you a junkie? <laughs> I wonder what the guy said. <laughs> oh, no, he, no he, he just goes on, well, what do you say to Trump who says, oh, okay, then, okay, blah, blah, okay, blah. Okay, he, right, they don't engage yeah. with the topic at all. No, that's. I, I don't I, have the president of the United States. Saying I'm a junkie. <laughs> There's a name for that kind of journalism and campaigning. I forget what it was. I just heard it last week for the first time, but I hate it. It's just it's the laziest kind of. You just go it's, to each opponent omnipresent. and say, your opponent said this. What do you say to that? Then you go back to the other side. He just said this about you saying that. What he say? Yeah. Well, and just it's just nothing. It's a nothing. Pick a topic: the economy, a foreign policy. Uh, you're dealing with China, and ask them questions about that. Yeah. Not just that. He said this about you. 
You yeah. know, he said this back. It's so high school gossipy. It's, yeah, it's so weak. Chris Wallace, is that the guy on Fox News? It is. I have a mental block with his name. It's very strange. But um, he is so big on the people have said. Right. How do you respond? I just, people have said, people say all sorts of crap. <laughs> if you want to know, just ask. Right. Right. People have said. But that's, People have said the explosion in Beirut was 100% a nuclear weapon. Was it? You know, we've heard so little of Joe Biden. I think it's worth exploring a little bit how he handled that situation right there. And I would say not that good. Um, Come on, man. <laughs> that was all right. It was feisty. He showed that he's still got that Joe Biden spirit. Where's my apology chain? Do you... <laughs> Yeah, that guy's lucky he didn't get a chain wrapped around his head. You think it's a good idea for him to act like it's just crazy that would even anybody would even bring up the fact that he's had cognitive slide? Uh, I think if he can pull off the, what are you talking about? I don't need a cognitive test. I'm perfectly fine. And he, he, he sells that. I think that'll win people over. Okay. Most voters are not rational. They're emotional. And so he's just trying to be the strong man. I get it. I'm not sure it's the best strategy. Come on, man. I'm agreeing with you. Grandpa, put in your hearing aid. Put it in. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Oh, no, Grandpa. Wow, wrap a chain around my head. Wow. And then presumably, I don't know, pull on it or something. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) Here's some interesting vid news for you if you're in the mood. And then I I really, I want to get to more of these quotes about why this one activist oh um i'm gonna start using this this term because it's kind of cumbersome this this author lady this uh, far left author lady who got a screening of kindergarten cop canceled because of all blah 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 progressive blah blah prison uh, school to prison pipeline zabba dabba do social justice you know these people i need a concise name for these lunatics who are closeted or open Marxists who are indoctrinating our children and, and whatever. And I kind of, I, I like, I'm not sure I'm settling on it, but I'm really fond of Wokeshevists. Like Bolsheviks. Wokesheviks. Yeah, that's it. Wokesheviks. <laughs> Except you got to practice it a couple of times. That's the only downside. <laughs> they're, they're woke Bolsheviks. Mm. And this lady's one of them. Uh, but more on that story to come. I just feel bad for Arnold. How many humiliations are enough for the for the maid molesting uh, bodybuilder and movie for star? The 13, for the thirteen-time Mister Universe or whatever he was. Whatever he was, for the world's most disappointing governor. Oh, yes. See. <laughs> oh boy, we mentioned this uh, briefly earlier, and if you're still listening, thank you. But. One of the most annoying aspects of the COVID thing is listening to dip stick uh, anchors and anchorettes announce with great certainty, 100% certainty, that X state was successful early in keeping the COVID under wraps, but then opened too quickly and now is, you know, is reaping the harvest of woe that they planted. Blah, blah, blah. Just. As if anybody has nailed down exactly, A, how this thing behaves, and B, what the right policies are. Nobody has, really. But this is so interesting. The Swedish model, 
was slammed by almost everyone in the media. I'm going to quote this note from Ed because he, he writes it pretty well. To their credit, the Swedes stayed the course despite the criticism, and now deaths are plummeting there. They accepted early on that there was no unicorn path out of the pandemic, and they took the path that will ultimately yield fewer deaths and less economic devastation. Then Ed apparently is a Cal Unicornian. He says California politicians are counting the public into believing that they have found a unicorn path out of the pandemic. They haven't. It's all a con job that will ultimately lead to more deaths. So uh, I thought that was some pretty well-written comment. Here's the piece from Newsweek, which apparently still exists. That's your headline. Um, (laughs) Newsweek.com. While novel coronavirus cases have spiked across several parts of Europe, including Spain, France, Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, Sweden, where a countrywide lockdown was never issued, continues to report a downward trend in new cases and new deaths. As of Sunday, the latest death rate in Sweden per 100,000 people was reported to be 56.4. That figure is significantly lower than that in the UK, not 56, but 69.6. Spain, 61, essentially. Italy's 58, according to the latest report by uh, Johns Hopkins. The U.K. currently has the world's fourth highest death toll, while Spain and Italy uh, uh, have the sixth and eighth. They were hardest hit early. Um, Anyway, not to bog you down with statistics, but uh, infections are dropping notably in Sweden in the past 14 days. The rolling average has dropped 46%. Hmm. Um, Let's see. Man, there are a lot of stats in this. While an official lockdown was never ordered in Sweden, the country aimed to develop herd immunity, hoping that an increased number of people exposed to the virus would help to prevent a, prevent a second wave of infections. I was expressing frustration earlier. I was listening to uh, the the uh, utterly unlistenable CNN interview the football the NFL's head of trying not to get the vid. I'm not sure what his title was, but the uh, CNN anchorette parroted as always. The idea that every single case is a tragedy. There was a case reported. A Chicago Cub has been reported to have contracted the COVID. When these guys are 25 years old, they're healthy as hell. Some of them never even know they have it, and the rest have a runny nose for a day and a half. That's a good thing when a young healthy gets it and gets over it. That's a good thing. That's one fewer person who can pass it around. But anyway, getting back to Sweden. Their chief epidemiologist at the Public Health Agency noted last week, we've cut down on movement in society quite a lot. We've compared how much we travel uh, in Scandinavian countries. The decrease in travel is the same as in neighboring countries. In many ways, the voluntary measures we put in place in Sweden have been just as effective as complete lockdowns in their countries. It alters the timeline a little bit, but it's been every bit as effective as the complete lockdowns. Young healthies go about their business. They get the thing. They get resistance to it. Yes, they've had a disappointing number of fatalities in Sweden, but who's not disappointed by fatalities? It's not been worse, and they haven't crushed their economy. Now, obviously, restaurants, theaters, you know, sports venues, concert venues have taken it in the pants, but that's because people are just they're cautious enough and they're observing the suggestions that, no, I don't want to be in a crowd because mm-hmm. I don't want to get the thing because I'm afraid I might be vulnerable. And 22-year-olds are behaving differently than 42-year-olds who are behaving differently than 55-year-olds who are behaving differently than 80-year-olds. And they haven't murdered their economy. And again, I could be wrong on this and I could accept that. I've been wrong about plenty. 
But the fact that that discussion is not even being had in an intelligent way makes me insane. And I know it makes you crazy. We've talked to enough of you. We get your emails. I've talked to my friends, my golf buddies, uh, small business people. Just the fact that that point of view is not even being discussed, is it's just such a failure of democracy. Yeah, if we look back on it and decide that that's true, and I think that that's the case, that we'll think, you know, we just needed to let it kind of roll over us. Um, and uh, While protecting the vulnerable. Yeah, hunker down and let it roll through. Uh, that was the most expensive mistake in human history. Nine trillion dollar, well, look, uh, that's long term in the United States, but immediate 11 trillion dollars globally. Right. Right. Which is just a ton of money. And there are politicians, I think, if you strapped them down and hit them with a sodium pentothal, which, believe me, I, I would do if I could. Um, if you got them to speak truth, they would say, yeah, I know. Uh, I'm going to save 100 COVID deaths at the expense of 350 other deaths. Deaths of despair, addiction, lack of cancer screening. We were talking yesterday, Kaiser Health News put out a story that an enormous percentage, I could probably dig it up if I tried, but an enormous percentage of people who had heart attack and stroke symptoms didn't go to the hospital because they were terrified. Which is, sorry to be frank, but that's idiotic. Yeah. Um, but you, I'll bet those politicians would say, oh yeah, we're going to lose 350 people for every 100 I save, but... The only thing anybody cares about is the COVID. The only thing the media cares about. The only way I lose my office is over the COVID. So, hey, you people getting cancer, good luck. But I'm sacrificing you to protect my ass because the only thing anybody cares about is the vid. I'll bet they would. I'll bet that's what's in their brains. How about Bolshewoks? This person suggests rolls off the tongue a little easier. Bolshewoks. Hmm. Yours. Wokesheviks. Wokesheviks. I'm not satisfied with either one. I think Joe's is closer. Joe's is... I'm a 32-year-old woman who has a boyfriend that I know isn't Mr. Right, but I want to get married and have kids so badly. I need to to keep shopping. Bolshewoks. (laughs) Wokesheviks. Wokeunists. No. Markswokes. Wokesists. Wokesists? Wokesists. <laughs> what do you think? He stumbled on one, people. What do you think? Um, Come on, man. So can you pay off the whole kindergarten cop thing for us? I'm looking forward to hearing more of what uh, what doomed that movie. You can't write parody of the Wokesists. They're too ridiculous. I liked it. It felt good. <laughs> I'm going to run with it for a while. So we'll get to that next. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't say a word. The last one still stinging. Back on my mind. Have, uh, have you ever watched Trailer Park Boys? I have. You a have? little bit, yeah. I, I had heard it mentioned before. I had never looked into what it was. And then last night on Netflix, it was season 12 is out or something like that. Whatever mm-hmm. it is. 12 seasons of this. It's been around that long. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never watched it. Is it? It's it's really funny. It looks pretty good. It's, it's hilarious. It's, it's, it? it's one of those things, if you love it, you love it. it like like, like, it like most alley. good humor, it's not quite universal. But uh, Alex Lifeson from the band Rush is a huge fan. He's actually been on one or two episodes. Oh, is he really? 
Yeah, they they kidnapped him at one point. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. uh, Yeah, I've seen maybe a dozen episodes of all those seasons, and every one I've found very funny. And for whatever reason, I just never circle back to it. But every time I see it, I laugh. Yeah, I I really ought to. Our friend Pat Walsh, a longtime uh, associate of the Armstrong Yeti Show, huge Trailer Park Boys fan. Well, you know how on Netflix, if you if you scroll over a show, it shows you like two minutes of the show. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I ever end up watching of anything. <laughs> I, I don't get much time to watch TV, and I just scroll through things like right. watch two minutes of all these different things. And well, I've, I've used up my TV time for the night. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't been canceled. Do we have that handy? It's not political. Cor- the chair now recognizes. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I broke it. You know, I listen to a lot of radio shows. <laughs> I just don't hear that sort of thing happening on them. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we're the trailer park boys of, yeah, yeah. So uh, Mike Michael's in there, he's squinting, he's peering, he's looking back and forth. That's the clip we want to play more than any other clip. Where has it gone? Did you leave it in the bathroom? No, I did. You bring it. <laughs> you want to know? I, I tried to click on it. And now, I clicked on the thing next to it. Now I'm I, harassing here. Michael. No, I, I was able to get it. We, we it was, you it. were good. Yeah, money. I took it home and left it there. Cancel. That's beautiful. That's good (laughs) stuff. Uh, Where was I? Oh, I was talking to uh, a a guy yesterday who was canceled by having made the most innocent of mistakes that the Twitter mob went crazy and went after him. Um, and and his cowardly, cowardly employer said, "Oh, we better just fire him. We just we're afraid." And this uh, kindergarten cop story from Oregon reminds me of that. Um, the Northwest Film Center has canceled an outdoor screening kin- kindergarten cop, which they were screening because it was uh, filmed in Astoria, hmm. uh, beautiful Astoria, Oregon. And uh, so they considered it uh, significant uh, something or other uh, moment of Oregon cinema. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's kindergarten co- kindergarten cop, folks. But anyway, so this one leftist Portland author went on a hilarious self-parodying Twitter rant about this movie in which she said things like, there's nothing entertaining about the presence of police in schools, which feeds the school-to-prison pipeline. Wow. Uh, Let's see. Then she compared uh, the movie to Gone with the Wind. I'll just read it to you. Yes, Kindergarten Cop is only a movie. So are Birth of a Nation, the pro-Klan movie, and Gone with the Wind. But we recognize films like those are not good family fun. Yes, except they are completely different than the stupid comedy we're talking about. That would be the only time that you've ever had those three movies in the same list. Yes. I mean, that's that's about as relevant as saying your new boss says I can trust him. But he's a man, and Hitler was a man. Can we trust Hitler? <laughs> Therefore, no, because this guy's also a human. Her argument's about as cogent as that. That may be the single most stupid argument I've heard on any topic in my life. You and, idiot. And yet, <laughs> and yet, the Hitler North- wore shoes, and so does Trump. Right. The Northwest Film Center has canceled the movie because of this woman's idiotic, incoherent ranting. You know, the. Uh, which is funny, except it's not. It's yeah, scary. I've said this so many times, and I, w- I wish this would catch on. We've got to quit focusing on the nut jobs who complain about having a Christmas tree in the park and focus on the reaction to it. 
Quit reacting to one or two people complaining about something. Right. Quit changing the policy for everyone for a couple of nut jobs. Yes, please. America's companies. Memorize this media phrase. Outlets. Memorize this phrase. Sorry you feel that way. Yeah. But we're going to show the movie. Sorry you feel that way, but we're still going to have an Easter parade. Sorry you feel this way. It'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Nothing yes. bad will happen. No, she'll, she will mobilize a bunch of scumbags on Twitter who will tweet very strong things, and they'll try to get a boycott going. That will go nowhere. I just... Uh, America's decision makers are so behind the curve on the way these things work. Yeah, they really are. And oh. em- employers. Yeah. Well, and and even if you get a bunch of Antifa jackasses smashing windows in Portland, it's limited to that. Does she feel like she's really struck a blow for racial harmony or... Uh, prison reform or something by not having people watch Kindergarten Cop? I mean, does she actually feel like she's made the world a better place? I wonder if she does. Yeah, so these uh, people have uh, caved. They say they didn't cave because of the tweets. Uh, It was overwhelming demand and discussions with its staff and community members for not showing it. Um, uh, Instead, they will show another screening of Good Trouble, the new documentary about the late Representative John Lewis. So... Okay. All right. Well, that's I nice. I take it for kindergarten cop. But I was, yeah, I was going to take my kids where my 10-year-old doesn't want to watch a movie about John Lewis. I mean, it might be nice, but that's not the mood we were in. Interestingly enough, Spike Lee spoke up. He said, uh, I show Birth of a Nation to my film classes. I think it's important people see it so they understand. Cancel Spike Lee. Sorry, I just got the memo. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.